That's how it works, yeah. The hairier you yeah. are, the more abs you get. I'm pretty sure once you, as a man, reach, like, over 17 inches of hair, mm. the ab- you just wake up with abs. It's like Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man. Is it 17 inches of hair on your head, or is it, like, I don't think it's, uh, accumulated over specific. your body? Is it I mean, I definitely cumulative? already have that, if that were the case. Where are my abs? Are you saying, like, if you were to add the length of all of my hair? Yeah, all over your body. Oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> I'm gonna It'd do it. I'll do it this week. That. I'll do it this week, and uh, we'll let you know next week on next week's pod know. how that many sounds... inches the cumulative hair on my body reaches, and if I get abs. Holy crap! We should watch that. I can't even hear myself recording. <laughs> Rumble in the in the podcast booth. We got it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, what's up? Welcome to Everyone's a Real Critic. I'm Jose Garcia Chow with my co-host John Wolf. Here at EARC, we take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We break down the movie with our own critique, dissect the critic and audience reviews, and decide who was closer to the real rating of the movie. Was it the critics? Was it the audience? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. Make sure to follow us on our social channels at EARCPod and make sure to join our Discord. Let us know if we missed anything. Did anything stand out to you? Do you agree with the audience or the critics? We want to hear from you guys. This week, we're keeping our discussion going with the Twilight franchise and discussing Twilight New Moon. But before we get to the sweet, sweet vampire and werewolf action or lack thereof, we're going to break down and recommend some movies that we watched this week. So, without further ado, let me introduce my good friend, the beautiful John Wolf. John, what should we be watching this week? What's going on, Jose? Good to see you. I love that you called me beautiful. No one's ever called me beautiful before, outside of probably my mom, I would say. So, that's a huge compliment. That's a pedestal to be on. I did it last time. I tell you did you, it last time? I tell you every oh. day, John. You tell me every damn week mm-hmm. you do. You know what? I need that. Yeah. That really keeps me going. I'm going to set a automatic text message for you in the mornings, just so you don't forget. You are beautiful. <laughs> You're beautiful. Can you actually make it a voice memo? You know, I'm going to sing yeah. that song to you. <laughs> yeah, that I that was my bad attempt at trying to sing that song. You're I was beautiful. Totally off. It's true. <laughs> All right, anyways, what are this we watching, worst, John? Weirdest music videos. <laughs> yeah, what am I watching? Um, you know, this past week, I, I sometimes you're in the mood for a real good horror movie. Uh, the the week was a little rainy. I was inside, had extra time. So I, I checked out Fear Street 1994 and Fear Street 1978 on Netflix, the first two of the three installments. Um, horror movies are really hard to make. I will say that flat out. But these ones, not bad, especially for slasher movies. I think a lot of the times for slasher movies, they, they rely on a lot of cliches. As you said before, the what's his name? Jack Sparrow his superpower of convenience. I think every slasher movie has that involved in it some way. Someone falls, somehow a clue comes up or, you know, and, and the slasher itself can just appear at any time, anywhere too. So, but I will say I, I like that it wasn't just a slasher relying on the murder. There was a little bit of that supernatural element to it. So it sort of was on both sides of the horror spectrum, which I really appreciated. And I liked that the movies so far, one and two, uh, connected in a way that tied the movies a little bit together. I'd say the second one was a lot like the first, just pretty much repurposed, but I did like that they moved the story along. There's there's a huge twist at the end of the first movie, and that sort of ties into the second. So I like that they kind of kept that going, and I'm hoping the third one answers some questions because I still have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I actually watched these when they came out, John, and I really enjoyed them. I agree slasher films are super hard to pull off but i will say yeah the third one i'm excited to hear what you think about it because uh i i enjoyed it but yeah that's all i'll say i, I enjoyed it a lot it's just oh that, wow um, what a you really got me on the hook there i can't wait to watch it i enjoyed it but... i will say there's a lot to pull off you know because the the first two set up a lot it's yeah. gonna it's cool i'm excited to hear what you think about it um 
Yeah, what were you watching this week? For what I watched this week, I watched some oldies but some goodies. The good old Rush Hour film mm. starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Uh, I think it's like super interesting to watch these movies through today's lens because the franchise, this franchise specifically, is like so comfortable speaking, uh, well, I'll say addressing and joking about race. Like the whole, and the fact that like the whole movie stars to non-white people, you know? I, I, a smarter person than me can potentially break down all the problematic things that this movie is doing, but I still really love them. Jackie Chan bringing all the talents that he curated from a long career in China and bringing it over to America, and Chris Tucker's just got this incredible comedic timing and his uh, performance is so like big, boisterous, so fun. And seeing that play off of Jackie Chan is is so so much fun dude the first two are so good and i think rush hour one so tightly written dude it's engaging it's fast paced the characters have motivation and conflict and although that could be problematic because chris tucker's character is basically just becoming less xenophobic as the movie goes on like that's his arc (laughs) i mean he opens up to having a partner too but he says the wildest shit to jackie chan in the first act of this movie I just love like the way it marries Asian cinema and buddy cops and and martial arts. It's just I I, I you should watch them again, John, if you haven't seen them in a few years. So it's funny that we we watched the first two movies and trilogies together, super coincidentally. And this week we're going to be talking about the second installment in the Twilight franchise, Twilight New Moon. If you missed our episode on the first Twilight movie, definitely stop and listen now or after this episode, whatever you want to do, wherever you get your podcast, We should mention there are definitely spoilers in this episode from the first movie. So if you haven't seen Twilight, which at this point, I was the only other person in the world that hadn't seen Twilight. So you're probably, you've probably seen it. John, so but we should say we'll be, we'll be together for the rest of this journey because neither one of us has seen any of the other movies of the Twilight franchise. So we're going to hit the whole saga. That's we're super lucky. We're not just doing it because we love Twilight. We're doing it because we're very lucky that every movie in this saga has a 20% difference between the critic score and the audience score, except the third movie. But don't worry. The third movie is really close. It's at 18%. So we're going to make an exception and make this party happen. So if you want to be with us along the whole way, you know, get get ready, get nitty gritty, watch the movies along with us. Join us on Discord, as Jose said. We cannot wait to keep this conversation going. So as we mentioned, Twilight New Moon, 20% critic score difference. This one was released in 2009, a year after the original Twilight movie. They were just pumping these out, huh? Uh, Twilight New Moon received a 28% critic score and a 61% audience score. So I think the the difference alone in this category makes up for the eclipse only being 18%. Um, and this one is lower across the board from the first movie, Twilight, which received a 49% critic score and a 73% audience score. Um, it got me thinking, clearly the first one wasn't very well received. I guess from the audience, okay, right? Like 73% is pretty good. This one got absolutely hammered, like both critics and audience. Like that's a steep drop off, 10%, even from the audience score. Why do you think book adaptions in general, but more, maybe more specifically, these types of like fantastical, uh, mythical, creature-driven, romance-driven adaptions of books do so poorly at the box office? I was thinking like around the same time we have Harry Potter, we had Lord of the Rings, but then you also have Divergent, Ender's Game, you know, other series that were great books, but just made terrible movies. You know, I think it's that like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings come out and and it seems like these studios realize that, oh, the teen audience right now is huge. You know, like we could we can cater to this young audience that is clearly going to show up for multiple films and they can expect like a blockbuster hit or at least that's what they're hoping for so because the other ones are like they did divert those divergent movies i think maze runner right didn't they do a maze runner movie Ender's game um so i think that because they're like 
clearly making these movies for young people and that they're banking on the successes of something like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings that it's there's a population there that they can <laughs> for lack of a better word exploit you know what i mean so it's not necessarily about <laughs> yeah. making quality films at that point in my i mean this is my opinion uh, and more about let's make a book <laughs> i think sometimes when you have these types of books that are really adventure driven in these mythical worlds like lots of world building lots of character building when you're reading the book especially as a kid and your mind is already so active, you're building it out as you're reading it. And I think a lot of the times when you, you just can't translate that to a movie screen. I think now with Marvel and, and other franchises, it's gotten better. But I think it's really hard to, to take, as you're saying, like a teenager who's probably reading this book and translate that onto the big screen for teenagers. Because most people who are making these movies are not teenagers probably for the yeah. best honestly <laughs> so <laughs> like uh it, um. it, it does it's still crazy to me thinking about like the previous movie that that book was written by a woman <laughs> about a young teen girl yeah. because it seems like whoever wrote Kristen stewart's character was not a woman ever <laughs> they were like an alien trying to like observe young teenage girls and they're like this is how they act they just kind of like eh, meh, all the time <laughs> When we're looking at movies, you mentioned it, you know, some of the things we look at are the characters. We look at five aspects of a movie. So, like I said, did I give a shit? The characters, right? Do, do I care about this character? As you mentioned, Bella, is she too cringy? Is she even resemble a teenager, right? Yeah. We look at what the hell's going on, the story, the narrative. We look at, was it too long? You know, was the pacing of this movie right? Did I look at my phone? Was I engaged throughout the movie? Did I feel like I could look down, miss a couple of minutes, and then look back up and, and sort of pick up where it left off, mm -hmm. right? And of course, we always rate a movie if I needed a juice boost to get through, <laughs> which the answer is always yes, right? Everyone needs a little liquid courage walking into a movie, especially a movie about werewolves and vampires. So we're going to break down Twilight, New Moon. Right now, we're going to go through those five aspects of it. And, uh, you know, since you brought it up, let's start with the characters and let's talk about Bella and how uh, her journey compares to the first one. Okay, here's the thing. I'll just get this started right off the bat. I liked this movie more than I liked the first movie. <laughs> yes. Really? And I'll say it's partly because I felt like Bella actually had a personality in this movie. We see her okay. actually you know, show some emotion. I mean, albeit it's not great. There's that scene where she's just sitting in front of the uh, window and literally months go by, like seasons are changing because she's so depressed. What immediately comes to mind with this movie is I, I like audibly gasped when she woke up in the middle of the night after Edward had left her and she's just screaming at the top of her lungs like a PTSD victim. That was crazy. <laughs> And so because you could relate to that, that's why you guys, yeah, you know, you're like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, is that there. me? Am I looking in the mirror right now? <laughs> <laughs> no. So I will say on a positive note, it's nice to see Bella actually doing something in this movie. She has agency. There's conflict. And like I said, although it's vapid conflict and she's afraid that she's aging, you know, so and they they introduce that in the very beginning of the movie. So like the audience is immediately like, bam. I know what this character's conflict is. I know what she wants, what she doesn't want, what she's scared of. Pretty base level motivation for a character. So yeah, I mean, it, it, what do you think? Good question. Yeah, I think. No, <laughs> I'm I, a great I totally interviewer. Agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, you really set me up. Hey, with that uh, question, what do you think? The wall. There's no way out of it. <laughs> There's no way out of this one. <laughs> no, it was. I, I totally agree. I think. My biggest issue with Bella, and, and maybe this, you know, maybe because I'm not a teenager, but I'm sure when I was a younger teenager, maybe not so much at 18, right? Because she's a senior in high school at yeah, this point. Yeah. So we've seen her when we first she's met her. She's a cougar now. She was 16, 17. So now she's 18. My biggest thing is it seems that her personality changes drastically depending on who she's around. So we meet a new, well, we met him in the last movie, but we really get to meet and, and learn about Jacob in this movie. And when she's around Jacob, it seemed that she was a completely different person. She was 
obviously very into taking risks at that point, which I don't think is Jacob's fault, but she became a little bit more of a leader. I thought when she was around Jacob, she was able to take charge. She was able to make decisions. Do you think maybe I'm psychoanalyzing this a little bit more, but do you think maybe it's because uh, Jacob isn't an abusive person? (laughs) Jacob asks her what her opinions (laughs) are. (laughs) You know, because I agree. Kristen is like, uh, Bella's character is a reactive character. She seems like she reacts right. to the people around her. She does seem like a totally different person when she's around Jacob. Maybe it's because Edward is straight up an abuser. I've said it. I said it last time. I'll say he, it again. He isolates her from her friends. He gaslights her. He blames things on her. He guilts her, and then he bails on her, and he blames her for his for his leaving, even though he pushed her. Again, pushed her away when she started bleeding into a wall of glass. <laughs> like he, he's been a vampire for like ninety plus years. He knows how to push somebody away. He doesn't need to throw this woman against the wall. So he's also a domestic abuser. <laughs> I will also say that he is definitely more on the emotional side and i think the excuses for him are limited being 109 years old that's the other thing that we continue to fall back on right is this guy is 109 what is he doing with a 17 now 18 year old that he claims is sort of the love of his life i don't understand that relationship one bit and to go back to bella like him leaving turns her into this thrill-seeking junkie, oh, yeah. right? I don't... It, <laughs> that was so <laughs> thrill-seeking <laughs> is insane that she goes through this phase. And I, again, like, she just sort of out of nowhere decides that she's in love with motorcycles, right? So she jumps on one with a random guy who I think we're supposed to remember as one of the Forks Five, as we yeah, did the in the five. last episode. This, like, roaming gang of hooligans <laughs> that hurt people but have never been caught in forks so she hops on the motorcycle there she jumps off a cliff at one point in the movie totally not assuming someone's gonna come get her she's so obsessed with death in this movie and even from the very beginning because it makes her feel alive it's It's the only time she can see edward and that she feels alive yeah i mean it's crazy i think we we've definitely been beating around the bush here let's let's talk a little Edward right and I think the reason we're sort of beating around the bush and talking ourselves into like it sounds familiar right what we talked about in the last movie with Bella and Edward their journeys are pretty much the same as you mentioned Bella did have a little bit of an arc right she she has now a purpose where she doesn't want to age she wants to live forever she has to pick Edward or Jacob supposedly I don't understand why she has to choose she she could do whatever she wants, and she could choose neither if she wants. But I don't understand Edward either in this movie where his motivations, if any, really, like, they're so extreme. He's like, okay, well, I can't be with you, so I'm going to leave forever. And then now that I can't be with you, I'm going to sacrifice myself. To me, that's not healthy to put in front of children, like a character, a lead character that, that is so extreme like that. If I don't get what I want or I can't be who I want to be with, then that's it for me. Like I have no other purpose besides that. John, I know I keep talking about this and I'm sorry I continue to bring it up, but it never ceases to amaze me just how problematic Edward Cullen is in these films. He stalks Bella. He abandons Bella. He insults Bella. He controls Bella. He isolates her from her friends. He gaslights her. He blames his absence on her. And he's over a hundred plus years old and he's hanging out with a minor. Okay. It's weird. And I got to say, it reminds me, it's exactly like the dentist system from Always Sunny. Have you heard of the dentist system? No, I have not. Because it's, I, I have no, it's idea. literally, I, I know it's Always Sunny and I know Dennis, but I don't know the dentist system. Well, and you know how problematic Dennis is as well. Yes, and I, I can see where this is going. It. <laughs> I can see where this is Basically, going. the Dennis system is an acronym that he comes up for his name. And it stands for D, demonstrate value. E, mm-hmm. engage physically. N, nurture dependence. N, neglect emotionally. I, inspire hope. 
and S for separate entirely, which are all <laughs> things that Edward has done in the last two movies to Bella. <laughs> what were some character actually, traits of Jake's? He was shirtless. Uh, abs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> abs, tan. <laughs> yeah, very tan. Um, Great but, hair. Yeah, Great hair. Eyes. Yeah, his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the zoom in on the eyes when he was the werewolf. That was cool. Um, no, but he actually, <laughs> he actually seemed to have something going for him, right? He had the conflict at home. He had the little bit of the the problems with the in, the the werewolf cult, um, where it was a bit strange. But I shouldn't be surprised by the movie. He was so anti the cult for a little bit, and then five minutes later was a part of it, and we didn't. Uh, there was no explanation why. Yeah. Um, he he has a crush on Bella and is battling that kind of feeling and also has the what we learn later on this whole conflict of protecting his town forks from vampire invasion and sort of that treaty there and and how to how to navigate that is I mean that's a lot for a teenager and I I also found it strange that the book and the movie go out of the way to make it clear that Jacob is a lot younger yeah. than Bella and Edward multiple times. He's only 16. And Bella even, he's only 16, yeah. right? Um, I'm not sure why that's important. Why do important. they keep doing this? And this, why is this, why are these movies about like minors? And if they're going to be about minors, why aren't they all minors? <laughs> I keep right. saying minors like why don't they all just put on their hard hats go to work at 5am right. and <laughs> yeah, clink around. around come back home to their wives <laughs> uh, bring back yeah. some coal you know get you some soot like out of their hat. boots and <laughs> yeah dude another long day at the office just being a minor <laughs> <laughs> no but um I, I don't know. I worry that we might be giving Jacob's character too much credit because you're right. We don't see any of him like changing his mind about being with Sam and the boys. No. You know, this movie would benefit from being like <laughs> from taking the, the focus away from Bella. And then, yeah, like if we had followed Jacob and his trouble at home instead of Bella just calling him <laughs> like there's like three minutes of right. the movie where she's just calling him over <laughs> and over <laughs> as you mentioned before every character in this movie and we'll i just want to quickly talk about one more or two more groups before we get yeah, into the yeah. narrative really quick but every and and these two fall within the same thing every character in this movie leaves a lot to be discovered we don't understand desire. why anything, any desire in this movie. So Jacob is the only character, and I think he becomes the most attractive one, not just because of his body, but because we can understand exactly what he's looking for in this movie, as opposed to Bella, as opposed to Edward. It's like they're, they're saying what they're looking for, but we don't understand why. Why is it to that extreme? And same with the Volteri, this group that comes at the end that's – like this big uh, vampire cult, Jedi Council of vampires, <laughs> Jedi Council yeah, vampires. that come through, <laughs> that come yeah. through and do weird stuff and hang out in an area that has an anti-vampire parade. They're they just are underneath in the middle it. of it, which was yeah. strange. Um, and then also Victoria, who I guess is the big bad in this movie, nothing, um, is hunting down. Nothing really happened, Bella, right? because she's jealous of. Bella and Edward, but Edward. Wait, I thought it was. So I'm not really. I thought it was a lover for a lover because Edward murdered what James in the last movie. She needs to murder uh, Bella to get back at. It's only fair, you know. It's an eye for an eye, John. Doesn't that make perfect sense? (laughs) No, it doesn't. It seemed forced. It is forced. Like if you're gonna focus. If you're gonna focus, it's it was the same as James in the first one, right? He just shows up, and you're like, okay, cool. Like I don't really understand what the problem That's is. That's what I'm saying. I already forgot how things. Let's play end some baseball Victoria. and figure it out. She just, 
I don't think anything ended. She just showed up and she was mad. She just and swam under the water a little and bit and before Jacob could pull her out. Oh, yeah. You know, she just went yeah, for a swim. Totally... I didn't know. Uh, right. I guess vampires. Also, how does she know where Bella can is? Can vampires breathe underwater? Because they probably don't need to breathe, right? Since they're dead. So can she just stay down there forever? Good question. Maybe. I don't know. Man, you stumped <laughs> me on that one. <laughs> Like so, they don't they they don't have to hold their breath, right? Because they're dead. So potentially, Victoria could just be yeah. like swimming down there for hours, <laughs> waiting for Probably. Bella to come cliff diving. That's so stupid. Living too. off fish. Did she even see Edward yeah, so- when she dived off the cliff? I genuinely don't. Um... Like, I already blacked out some of the stuff in this movie. I don't remember and. I'm trying to figure out the point. So let's get into okay. the narrative because I think we're we're sort of teasing around. We kind so yeah we kind of been talking we, we about talked it. about the yeah we kind of talked about the characters overall. Did we give a shit about the characters? No, not really. No, I would say again, not really. So let's get into if we knew kind of what the hell was going on in this movie, um, which is the other the big big aspect of our critique, if you want to call it that. Um, if you had to describe the plot of the movie, um, <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, so if I were to, uh, explain what this movie was about, um, okay. I'm going to try to do like a quick summary. Okay. So basically Edward and Bella, everything's copacetic. They're great. They've been dating for a little while now. So, um, but Bella is concerned that she is getting older than uh edward because edward got turned into a vampire when he was 17 and she just turned 18 i don't know why they still go by the number 17 though because he's 109 years old it doesn't change the fact that he's lived 109 years anyways um they are celebrating bella's 18th birthday when she gets a cut on her finger by opening a gift wrap she's opening a gift and gets a cut on her finger from gift wrap which she might be the first person in the world that that's ever happened to because it's so thin and so flimsy <laughs> how does that even happen okay let us know have you ever gotten a paper cut opening gifts yeah i doubt it it's it's the song no, i was paper. telling uh, the people listening i know and i doubt da- i doubt da- people listening don't tell john please let me be right on this one <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh, Edward throws her back because Jasper attacks. Uh, she gets an even bigger cut as a result. <laughs> and then he decides that it's too dangerous for them to stay in Forks because that could happen again. So they leave. And Bella is heartbroken. She is depressed. Eventually turns to her only friend, Jacob. And he is in love with her. So they start hanging out. She uh denies his affections and he then also separates entirely from her afterwards he turns into a werewolf she finds out that he's a werewolf um this is the longest short uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're like yo i'm gonna try and give it to you really short and uh, it's the, been like you three went minutes. minute by minute of the movie. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll try one more time. I'll try. Right, I'll start right, over right. and I'll do it. I'm gonna give you Edward leaves. Edward, you got thirty seconds. Okay, give me thirty seconds. Good call. Um, On the clock. Ready. Go. go. Okay. Bella turns eighteen. Edward uh, has a birthday party for her. She cuts her finger. Jasper attacks. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting into so specifics. Anyways, they leave for her own protection. She and Jacob start hanging out. Jacob falls in love with her. Jacob discovers that he's a werewolf, so he separates from her. And then um, something happens where Edward thinks that she is dead, so he turns himself into the Volturi and then they refuse to kill him so then she has to fly to italy for some reason stop him from showing himself to humans and then uh then they both meet the volturi they discover that she is immune to vampire powers and the movie ends when he proposes to her well done thank you more than 30 seconds damn it and i will say i entirely skipped the adrenaline part (laughs) (laughs) you forgot about face punch oh face punch was my favorite part of this movie 
I think the fact that you weren't able to concisely and clearly describe what this movie about just goes <laughs> to show that this movie really wasn't about anything. No, can you do it? I think the one... No, I can't do it. That's why I asked you to do it. Uh, you made me fall down a rabbit hole there. Yeah, I did. And it was, hey, I was just trying to prove a point. It and felt, boy, were you going for it. It felt like the longest cliff Man. dive of my life. Yeah, for me too, buddy. I was standing there. I, it was almost as if I was watching you, Bella, jump off this cliff into water. Bang your head. Yeah. Get sick. <laughs> anyway. We're going all right anyways yeah the i knew from the beginning of this movie and we're not gonna i I don't think we need to spend too much time on the narrative like the the plot sucks i'm gonna be honest it it is all about we've talked about it through the lens of the characters i knew i was in for when i saw the beginning as opposed to the first movie where we got the quotes about death i was thinking oh wow you know something may happen here when i first turned this on and it said these violent delights have violent ends and in their triumph die. I rolled my eyes so far back because I knew, oh great, this is just going to be an overly dramatic, played out way too long love story between Edward and Bella. And I was, from the beginning, again, we talked about the, the unnecessary attempt of this movie to spell everything out from the clock striking midnight in her dream. From the Romeo and Juliet book being constantly, Iron dude. From Ed, Romeo and Juliet everywhere. From like, Edward, did you being guys understand there. that that's a yeah. Shakespeare quote? Because if you did it, we'll just continue to do it over and over again. You know. Also, Westworld did it way better. Yes, agreed. And I, the only part of this movie from the beginning, when we're talking about the setup of the movie, that I liked was one. The Colons make a Volvo look badass. (laughs) I had had a Volvo as my first car. And let me tell you, everyone made fun of me. They called it the grandma car. And they weren't wrong. It was my grandma's car. She gave it to me. But the Colons make these Volvos, man. I'm thinking about getting one. Dude. They look real nice. You should get one. The way they hit the handbrake on them. (laughs) Dude, he's, he's swinging that Volvo around like he's Dominic Toretto. It's crazy. I oh, love dude, it. He wishes. I love it. <laughs> the, what is refresh, refreshing from this movie for me in the beginning is the fact that it's no longer all blue. You know, like there's actual color yeah. in this movie. Yeah, they movie. took the filter off the camera. So I will yeah. say, like the movie began and I was like, oh, okay, this is better. This is, I think I'm going to enjoy this a little bit more than I did the last one. But it doesn't mean, like, it's so funny because it's like grading a movie on a curve. The movie is doing so bad that you just have to give it a little bit of a break. What was your favorite part of the story? Probably face punch, dude. Definitely face punch. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely when they were in that movie theater and you just hear, like, the, uh, the dialogue in the movie. It's just the word. It sounded like a Rick and Morty bit. It was great. I was like, I want to watch hey, that movie. Bit. And then uh, the guy just throws up everywhere. And then Jacob. This was the only out of character moment for me for Jacob is he him making fun of that guy for getting sick. I thought that was strange because he's generally seemed like he was a nice guy. But yeah. face punch. Yeah, we got to get that. So so fucking dumb. I have a question for you because I think there's a scene in this movie where like. Is it Alice? Alice is taking photos of everybody, right? Mm. Do mm-hmm. vampires show up in photos? You know, I also wrote this down as a question because I thought the myth... Well, first of all, we should preface that any vampire lore in these movies is totally made up and not accurate. So, there's that. I thought vampires, from my time... Do you remember the Disney movie my mom's dating a vampire or something like yeah i think that was the title yeah and the reason they figure out he's a vampire was not the trick of the spoon on the nose if you remember 
that was made up for him to trick the kids. So it wasn't that, which totally fooled me at the time. I was like, this guy's good. But when he walks in front of the mirror, apparently vampires don't have reflections in mirrors. Yeah, that's like the myth. That's what, that that's the myth, right? And a camera doesn't, the way a camera work have mirrors in it, like a lens. <laughs> I'm no expert, some but mirrors that's what I thought. There's mirrors I don't and there's know. lights so, involved. <laughs> and the other thing, if you want to go by, well, if you've shined a flash on a vampire, wouldn't that hurt them in a normal world? In this world, if you were to shine a flash on a vampire, wouldn't that ruin their whole trying to be hidden? It yeah. would ruin the aesthetic of the shot because the lights would be flashing off of them. Because, yeah, they glitter. Like, don't the they lighting glitter? would be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't know. I that don't was know. dumb. That was dumb. Um, but more things that I loved about this movie are coming to mind right now. And I love, dude. I loved uh, when she, the guy, asks her out on the date. I forget his name. The blonde guy asks her out on a date, and Mike. Yeah, and- yeah. He goes, "Oh, let's go see a movie." And the movie titles are like uh, "Love Spelled Backwards Is Love" or something. <laughs> And face punch. Right. And she's like, oh yeah, let's see face punch. Guns, adrenaline. That's my thing. Guns, adrenaline. It's my thing. Okay. <laughs> A like, legendary oh, yeah, Bella, Bella Swan quote. loves guns yeah. and ad- adrenaline. She does now. Hell yeah. So Her that's definitely dying. one of my favorite parts. The dialogue in uh, face punch was incredible. Um, and then also when they finally finish the motorcycles and she decides to just like hit the fucking gas and that rock breaks her fall, I laughed so hard. I was like, oh, <laughs> it looked like such a bad hit. And then Jacob, like, he's like, oh, you're bleeding. Let me just rip my shirt off. <laughs> Put it right to your head, dude. <laughs> So to get back to the Volteris and sort of the climax to this movie, there were sort of two big reveals there at St. Laurent, or no, Laurent's the bad guy, in, in Italy, wherever this made-up town is with the festival, yeah, yeah. right? We learned, we learned that Bella is somehow immune to all vampire powers. So they can't read her mind, they can't, uh, which you surprised me with that Dakota Fanning's in this movie. I had no idea yeah. that, that was her, the little blonde girl who can't penetrate or destroy her or telekinetically move her in some way. So it was strange to me that Bella's so unaffected by vampires, but then it brought me to believe is her superpower that she can't be affected by other vampires or is it that she has this magical ability, any bad, bad guy, in quotes, that she meets. She's able to immediately talk them off whatever ledge or whatever they want to get accomplished. She's just she just says, nah. Yeah. Not happening today. And they're she's like, like, okay. She's like she can just monologue her way out of it or something. Yeah. Every time. You know, she it makes no sense. She the the Volteris were like, yeah, we're killing Edward. Also, here's my biggest problem with this movie. I don't know how we didn't talk about it before. We get the, the only introduction to the Volteris we get is that vampires have lots of rules, but not really. And the one the one most important rule is that no one can know that you're a vampire or they'll kill you. And that's what Edward does throughout the whole movie. He breaks the number one rule, and no one acts like he's broken a rule in the Volteris. Also, in that scene, he's like, man, wouldn't it be so cool to die? Yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking hate this. I hate this guy. He's so he, the worst. He breaks the number one rule. Punishable by death is what it says when they're going over the rules. So he should be mm-hmm. dying. He broke the rules. Them the rules. Okay? And Bella just but John, says... maybe these vampires can also have familiars. Like pets. Well, they Remember, do, like, right? One of the vampires was like, oh, you're, you're Edward's pet. Right. And then the secretary, she's also... That's right. She's a familiar... I forgot about Because this. she's waiting for her chance. She right? wants to be yeah. one. Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm next in line or whatever. But... Ah, that's my. They have like human slaves. 
But that's my thing, is they don't really have human slaves. None of them do, except for the one secretary that we've met so far. And Edward broke the biggest rule. Bella's like, no, he didn't. He's cool. He's with me. Oh, I'll do it myself. Or like, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's so inconvenient. yeah. Yeah. What does it matter who she gets bit by? If she just becomes a vampire, right? Like, why don't don't they want her to become a vampire? Like, if she has these hella cool powers, let's get it on, They say it's because... Her soul. They don't want her to lose her soul. You're damned to eternal hell. Something like that. Going off the fact that humans can't know if there's vampires, they are underneath the city where all the humans above seem to believe they have eradicated vampires. So in this universe, vampires have existed, right? Because the humans do some, like, know about them, I guess. Or they think they do. Yeah, it, it, it makes no sense. And then if... So they're not allowed to go out in the sun... And then the two of them go out in the sun and then bring, and then they kill them all. It's so weird. I want to. And Alice was wrong again. Yeah. Her visions are always wrong. (laughs) Is it because Bella is in them and she can't be affected Uh, by them? Maybe. That could be it. That she can't, that she can't see Bella's future. Also, how would, how did it take to the Volteris for them to realize that Bella was immune to powers? How could they have not figured that out when she was at the Cullen house? And they all had their different powers, and it, they didn't work on. Wait, because in the beginning of the movie, Jasper is making her feel better. So she's not immune to all vampire powers, remember? No, I don't. There's a scene where it's like her birthday, and they're like, oh, chin up. And then she turns to Jasper, she's like, hey, like, don't do the thing, because he can influence people's emotions or something. And he goes, oh, just thought, you know, it made you feel better, happy birthday, or whatever. But it's maybe he didn't. the movie doesn't even follow its own no. rules. I was trying to defend the movie. I'm not going to defend the movie. John, what did you think about um, Jacob implying to Edward that Bella is dead? Didn't he think she was dead though? Oh no, this is after he saved her. I think he did that because he was trying to protect her. He's like, dude, this this guy Edward's bad news. Like, I'm, I gotta, you know, I really like this girl and. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. And he's, I think... And you guys are bad. You guys are bad. And I think he's more focused, honestly. I know it comes off that he really likes Bella, but I I think he's more focused on protecting his native people, his hometown, from the vampires than he is of Bella. And he knows if he hands Bella over to them, that's just bad news. Like, something is... Like, there's going to be a war, essentially. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I think that... We're going to get that war soon because the, the end here, come on, man. When I, what an ending. What, what an a ending. romantic ending. The way this movie ends, <laughs> marry me. Like, oh. You know what I wrote down when, I, when, that, when he wrote that? I was like, this is just another example of how controlling Edward is. He didn't ask her to marry him. Marry me. He told her to. Well, and to bring this discussion full circle, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the Dennis method. Can read them again one more time? Demonstrate value, engage physically, nurture dependence, neglect emotionally, inspire hope, and separate entirely. (laughs) So to bring the discussion to bring the discussion full circle, I think you nailed it on the head. This movie is the Dennis method. And we, the end of this movie, Marry Me, is an example of the I, Inspire Hope, of the Dennis Method. It's so disturbing. It's so disturbing. And so I can't wait to uh, see Separate Entirely coming up. So uh, we sort Speaking of... Speaking of Separate Entirely, how did you feel about when this movie ended? Did you think <laughs> that it was uh, super yeah. long? Or so let's talk happy about... happy to Separate Entirely? Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about the pace here. So... Did, did I know what was going on? Yes, I did know what was going on when it came to, to the narrative. I got it. It was really dumb, and I felt mm-hmm. like I was being mansplained as to what was going on. And I had way more questions as to why things were happening than I felt yeah. like I needed. Um, I knew what was happening, but I didn't understand why it was happening. Exactly. It, it was a weird feeling to be in. So that was sort of the narrative, right? So let's get, as you mentioned, let's get to the pace. Um just quickly i mean this movie was way too long i remember at one point i was i i was like oh this movie's got to be over in 20 minutes and i kind of hit the the button to see how much time was left there was an hour left in the movie i was (laughs) 
I just I I I had to pause it, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me, man!" I like paused yeah. it, got up, went around. I just hit the I, juice again. <laughs> I hit the juice again. Exactly. It was tough. So there was that part of the pace for me, and then I'm gonna die on this hill, and I might be feeling super weird or making the whole thing up, but the way time works in this movie made no sense to me. So the pace of its of the movie itself was very slow. And the way time worked within the movie, I could not follow. So we first meet her when she's 17. She's now 18. So that means Edward and her maybe have known each other for a year, right? Is, is what we're assuming. They've known yes, each other for yes. a year at this point. Okay. So then they get broken up with, like the... Let's call them Bedward. That's their couple name, right? Okay, Bedward. Bedward, Bedward and Bacob? Yeah, Bedward and Bacob. <laughs> or Jella. Bedward and Jella. I like Jella. So Bedward breaks up, right? And it's October. So that should be like a month after school starts. Then we get out of October, four months pass in her room, right? Where she's just sitting there. Yes. That was so weird. Dude. Then we're in December, and it's snowing in in one scene, and then in the very next scene, when they're doing motorcycles, they're wearing not attire for snow in winter in the Pacific Northwest. They yeah. were wearing like a flannel shirt and jeans, and that was it. Then we somehow, at some point, Bella is able to get to Italy in a minute's notice to save Edward. We have no that idea how that wild. happens. And I think I have a fun fact for you, John. Yeah. About in the book for this part of the movie where she's depressed for a few months, Stephanie Meyer literally writes like this the beginning of the chapter and it says October, blank page. The next page is November, blank page. No. And then December, blank page. She literally, there literally is no story progression, even in the original source material for this movie. That's a joke. I'm not kidding. It was literally I'm a blank page. Or did it say yeah. blank page? Because I would no, believe... No, it literally says October on the top of yeah. the page, and then there's nothing underneath it. <laughs> My God. It would be more in character if they literally put blank page on there. Just to really spell it out for <laughs> everyone. It's like so, in brackets right So there. dumb. Just blank page. This page is as blank as as Bella's mind. No. <laughs> so I'm guessing that you were super engaged, John. I'm guessing that this was... That you were so into this movie. Yeah, let's... I mean, the pace. It was too fucking long, okay? It's it was so way too long. long. And yeah, did I look so at my phone? I think I admitted to it. Well, mm-hmm. I, I like had to get up and take a break. I, I was trying to do anything I could to make this movie go faster without watching it at fast forward speed. Yep. I would have done it. And anyway. yet, the end came, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. That's how it fucking ends? Way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's two hours, and I'm like, what the fuck? Nothing got resolved. Nothing fucking happened. <laughs> I know. It was, it, yeah, it was, I looked at my phone. It, it was, oh, man, the last two, not great. Not great for this movie. But, you know, no. some people didn't agree with us. Some people did agree. Let, like, let's see what the critics and audience think. I mean, maybe, maybe we're crazy, because... Yeah, maybe we're just a little bit psycho. So as we always do, we're going to take a look at here at uh, the critic and audience scores. Let's first take a look at the critic scores. Um, the reason we usually look at the critic scores first is they generally provide a little bit more um, material in their reviews rather than the <laughs> a audience bit more scores. Nuanced yeah, and, and, and uh, we can talk about specific. it a little bit. Right, right. So we have the first one here. And what I tried to do... And I, I haven't had any difficulty as I had, like, the first movie and this movie. You know, the other movies we reviewed, I'm able to quickly get to sort of the, the critic and audience reviews that are occurring at the same time as the release of this movie. This movie, it took, I'm not even joking, it took me 30 minutes to get back to 2009 so that we could read reviews from a similar time there are so many reviews on these movies there were over 250,000 audience reviews and just way too many critic reviews so we'll start with the first one 
are still so engaged with these movies. I think like, so. That's what's crazy about these films. Like they're really they're not great films, and yet they're still relevant today. Somehow, let's get to that first review. Yeah, somehow they are. So the first one uh, from New York Magazine. Um, this person's a top critic, which is always good. We also try and pull the top critic reviews because some of the you know. Anyway, they say the pacing is so limp. You're going to need the electricity generated by a live audience to keep from yelling. Hurry it up, which, you know, I think we agreed there, and I didn't have a live audience to scream hurry it up at me, so wasn't much I could do there. <laughs> Wrap it up! <laughs> Wrap it up! Get us out of here! <laughs> Make it in! Let's go! <laughs> do you think that would actually work if you were in a movie theater and you just started screaming, hurry it up! <laughs> You just stand up and you look at the projector and you're like, wrap it up! <laughs> hey, this thing's taking way too long! <laughs> uh, That's it? <laughs> what the Dad, hell, man? Just like that? <laughs> no, man. Run that back. I don't believe it. <laughs> God uh, damn. This next one from <laughs> Detroit News. A big bowl of adolescent romantic mush garnished with horror light action scenes and a rushed road trip. The Twilight Saga... New Moon is a mess. <laughs> Such a mess. I what? gotta agree. I don't know if it was garnished with horror light action that, as much as it say. was garnished with nothing at all. There's like There's no, no action. action. Yeah. That's There's what I was gonna no And why do people all. keep comparing this to horror? Does it just get thrown in the horror category because um, there's vampires? I do. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I will say though that a rushed road trip is a great way to describe this movie because it's still a slog despite you trying to get there as fast as you can. You know what I mean? Like you're in the car for four hours regardless of how fast you're driving. <laughs> yes. That's, That's pretty great. great. And I should say the first two reviews both gave the movie a C. Um, this movie... An interesting uh, publication. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but it's from the Christian Science Monitor. Just a little don't, bit of an oxymoron, you know? Generally like, go hand in hand, yeah. It's like um, the jumbo shrimp. <laughs> yep. Memo to director Chris Weitz. Weitz? You think it's Weitz? Is it like a German thing? Because it's, it's an I believe e it's pronounced Weitz! Weitz! <laughs> like a vampire Weitz! Well, I mean, E-I, isn't that, like, you know, you always hear I uh, I before E except after C, and this has the E before the I after a W. English, huh? What a language. <laughs> um, and screenwriter, wow, this person, like, names them straight up. Just because you make a movie about vampires doesn't mean you suck the life out of your story. Ooh. Oof, got him. Two out of five. Yeah. Christian science coming in with the zingers. Right? Wow. Damn, this guy's dangerous. He's going to have to go to confessional later. Uh, the London <laughs> Evening Standard. Pseudo-religious nonsense with fangs. Two out of five. I didn't really find too many religious ties. Maybe they're thinking that conglomerate of vampires was... Um, or just the, or re the, the religion the around it. The San Marcos Fest thing. Maybe. I guess like it looks like something that would happen in the Vatican. Visually, I can understand, but it's not like the movie had religious undertones. No. I feel like, but also not a terribly religious person. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. It looked more like That's The Handmaid's wild. Tale meets Vampires out in uh, yeah, San Marco. Yeah. yeah. And, and just like The Handmaid's Tale, it exploits women. <laughs> Um, all, right. all right, let's get into these audience reviews. Like I said, over 250,000, which is insane. I was just clicking the next button so many times. Um, we usually like to get the audience's pulse on a movie. Uh, like we said, the critics are a little more nuanced with their reviews, but sometimes there's nothing better than just the direct comments, love or hate from the audience. And they're generally, I love it. They're generally spot on, too, so there's nothing they're wrong with that. So, like, audience reviews, they're not as well-written, but boy, are they full of emotion. Like, it's... They don't say nuanced phrases like a 
rushed road trip, but or pseudo religious. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, got some good stuff. Some great shit. Yeah. So let's get the, this first one. I didn't even know this was possible on Rotten Tomatoes, but this first person gave this movie 0.5 stars, which very surprised. But 0.5 stars. What plot? It was more for 30-year-old soccer moms to drool over 16-year-old boys. If there were 30-year-old men drooling over 16-year-old girls, the cops would get involved. Point Is five Taylor stars. Lautner really 16 in this movie? I don't think he, There's no way. Dude, the, he grew like two feet and put on like 30 pounds of muscle from the last movie to this movie, and they were filmed a year apart. Yeah. That is wild. Well, yeah. That is wild. If they were actually filmed um, a year apart, we don't know. We should look yeah, they to see when. We'll we'll look next next week. We'll let you know when they were. <laughs> we'll but be back with more. <laughs> I would I would like to say like interesting review, but even thirty year old soccer moms ruling over like there's no it's not okay either way. But did Ty- Taylor Lautner look good? The answer is yes. Let's the get to this. Is yes. Four and the a half. The answer is a resounding hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. How do I become a werewolf? Um, let's get into this I'm one. I'm growing out my hair right now. I'm hoping that the abs come with it. That's how it works, yeah. The hairier you yeah. are, the more abs you get. I'm pretty sure once you, as a man, reach like over 17 inches of hair, mm. the ab- you just wake up with abs. It's like Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man. Is it 17 inches of hair on your head, or is it like I don't think it's, uh, accumulated over your body? Is it... I mean, I definitely Cumulative. already have that, if that were the case. Where are my abs? Uh, damn. <laughs> like, if you were to add... Are you saying, like, if you were to add the length of all of my hair? Yeah, all over your body. Oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'll do it this week. I'll do it this week, and uh, we'll let you know next week on next week's pod how many sounds... inches the cumulative hair on my body reaches. And if I get abs. Um, I've watched this movie. I don't want to know the answer to that. <laughs> I've watched this movie <laughs> in theaters and have both the Twilight and New Moon DVDs. Remember DVDs? I think the movie was four and a half stars. <laughs> I would give it five, but Edward wasn't in it a lot, and I'm Team Edward. Too much Jacob. And I think Jacob is a jerk and a huge one. What? what? He keeps making her choose between him and Edward. More Edward would be nice. And remember when we you used to do like smiley faces on those little? It was like the equal sign with the end parentheses. Yeah. Good times. That's one of insert. Those. <laughs> also, the book was way off from the movie. I love that they phrase it that way. That the book was off from the movie. Uh, I prefer the yeah book. instead of the other way around. Right. More love and emotion was in the book, but all in all, it was a great movie, and I love the Twilight Saga. 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 <laughs> I can't wait for Eclipse. Four and a half stars. Uh, I can't wait for Eclipse either. I think we've already talked about how this person is wrong um, because Jacob is not a jerk. Uh, next review. I, the... I will give. I will say though, like, there's an argument to be made for him making her choose. That's not cool yeah. either, right? Cool. But at the yeah. same time. At least, like, Bella and Jacob have conversations, you know? That's true. At least they actually talk to each other. That's true. Um, this is the last one we'll, we'll, we'll go through, and I think kind of brings it all together. The most depressing book in the series is accurately depicted, but with a splash more warmth, humor, and skin for you ladies. Five stars. <laughs> there was a nice. no warmth, no humor, but there was skin. Thank you. I mean, overall, it seems like it seems like the critics are critiquing this film on you know th- like things that we also look at plot wise, yeah. pretty weak, character wise, pretty weak, yeah. pacing wise, pretty weak. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I go on? <laughs> the audience, you know, is much more. Um, they're they're much they they react more to the characters which is interesting but i think it's also a less like deep uh look at the characters as much as it is like i like the way these characters look i think edward is hotter than jacob so i'm team edward or vice versa right yeah 
I would agree. It's it's definitely more on the team Edward, team Jacob. We'll we'll give our look there in a second. So we've heard from both critics and audience, right? And the way that we do it every week here at Everyone's a Real Critic is we sort of one decide who is closer do we think critic or audience which i think you just told us and then we give our own rating on a scale of our choice so first i'll ask you who do you think was closer and then what's your final rating of this movie and how are you rating it i am gonna say i side with the critics for sure this is a this is a pretty weak film it's a shit show shit shows are fun and although they're not always you know fulfilling it's like eating a Skittle or just a few Skittles. So how many you know Skittles are you giving this out of, <laughs> out of, out of 10? Sorry, my What's analogies your, are all yeah. food based. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Out of 10, how many Skittles are you giving this? Um, so out of 10 Skittles, I'm, I'm like, this is, this is like you, you ate three Skittles and you're like, fuck, that was the end of the bag. So you yeah, got like, you. I wish this. I wish I had some more Skittles. Yeah. Okay. So you enough. you left wanting more. Enough. You left wanting more. I like well, that. Well, yeah, because the film failed on a lot of fronts. You know, like if I had had a whole ten, a handful of Skittles, you know, I would have walked out of this like, like I walk out of Die Hard. I mean, like that was great. That's all the Skittles I need. So if we're going Skittles, I'm gonna say out of ten, I'll give this movie three, and they're all the lemon Skittles, because uh, they suck. So. Whoa. Those are. You know, our quick ratings. I disagree. And That's a hard Skittles take, bud. Nah, I mean, the lemon's not great. So, as we finish up, we sort of gave you our rating. I think we both agree. Critics were closer on this one. Audience still did not review it well, but, you know, come on. Not great. Um, I think that's to be expected from these films. Yeah, that's true. And I think we're going to see that a lot. Before we wrap it up, we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, we're going through each of these because... All of the five films in the series have really divided the critic and the audience. So before we break down Eclipse in the next episode, we want to see if we can predict the movie first. So Jose, really quick, what do you think is going to be happening in the next movie? Okay, so this movie left every like left that question up at the very end. It left us with like, oh wow, we've learned that Bella is immune to the Volturi's powers. So. Obviously, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. That's probably the most interesting part of the movie for me because it's actually interesting. <laughs> so I think we'll see them become more interested in Bella and uh, that this movie is only setting up further conflict between Jacob and Edward and their respective tribes. Like maybe maybe at Bella's wedding, I'm assuming it's going to be, I'm imagining it, it's going to be like on the, the lake or the like at the shore in the PNW, and it's probably going to be very gray, and uh, there'll be a bunch of vampires there, Charlie will be there, and then, like, maybe, like, the werewolves are going to be watching from <laughs> the tree line or something, you know? It's going to be out in the woods. It's probably going to be fucking raining like it always is in this movie. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think because the, the movie is titled Eclipse, uh, similar to this one being New Moon, they're definitely going with the moon theme here, so I think it's going to have to involve the werewolves at some point. I'm thinking... Whoa, hold on, wait. Now that you bring that up, I actually had not even noticed. Yeah, so I'm thinking there's going to be a big eclipse in the town of Forks. Um, Was there a new moon in this one? No, they didn't even talk about moons. Um, no, they don't talk about shit. No, no, they just title them that. So I think what's going to end up happening is in this movie, we're finally going to see Bella like fully entranced by the vampire community, which is, and because they're going to get married, this is where, you know, the big brawl is going to start happening between At Team the Jacob wedding? and Team Edward. going to be a wedding brawl? Yeah, I think when like the, a, the wow. person who's going to be sort of uh, officiating the wedding, which will be the main... Uh, Martin Sheen from the Volteri. He'll be doing the wedding. Really? I would have guessed it was going to be Cullen. Oh, a Cullen? Dr. Cullen. Oh, the dad? You think the dad is officiating the wedding? I guess it's weird enough. Charlie's not going to be invited. Anyway, what will happen is when... I guess you're right. He can't be invited. an afterthought in in Bella's uh, world. He, he, she doesn't even think about her dad. In this movie, when she runs to fucking Italy, she's yeah. like, what are we going to tell your dad? It's like, there's no time. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> Just matter. bail on my dad. Yeah. That and buy a $3,000 plane ticket. 
what will happen is they'll the officiant will be like, does anyone object? And then Jacob will be like, I do. And then he'll turn into a werewolf oh, and then just start the nice. battle right there. That's I happening. love that. That's definitely what's that. happening. So, no, I don't know, dude. That sounds way too cool for these movies. What's going to happen is he's going to be like, I object. And then he's going to turn into the werewolf, like you said, right? And then the vampires are going to get a, they're going to get up to start to fight him. And then it's going to cut to the next scene. Oh, and then we'll because never see it, anything. Yeah. No, because these movies don't care about action. They keep cutting away every time something cool is finally going to happen. You know? Or or she's going to be standing on the altar and she's going to see a ghost of Jacob <laughs> being like, don't do don't it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are our thoughts. Uh, you know, what do, what do you guys think? Are we even close? Let us know on our social channels, as always, at EARCPod. And while you're there, give us a follow. Make sure you join our Discord where we'll start a discussion there, too. Uh, we want to hear from you. What do you think is going to happen in clips? If you've already seen it, don't spoil it for us. But if you've never seen it, let us know. Okay? Oh, yeah. And don't tell us what's going to happen. Yeah, don't. Come on. No spoilies. No spoilies for us. All right? No spoilies. We, as I we mean, mentioned. We obviously know, John, that Bella is going to become a vampire eventually. We don't know, but we hope so. So That's my guess. If you missed last week's episode on the first Twilight film, and this is the first one you're listening to, make sure you go back, listen to where you get your podcasts, and make sure to download and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we break down movies, we listen to critics, we listen to the audience, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what the critics or audience say, because everyone's a real everyone's critic. Everyone's a real critic. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> Oh, nice.